Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, June 8th. It's a really exciting week for all of us here at Cracked Rackets as we get to host our first ever Cracked Racket Men's Open, which we of course are calling the Cracked Rackets Open, our inaugural event which features a $1,000 prize money purse and as such features an outstanding selection of players from across the Midwest, really across the broader tennis world as well. We've got some very highly touted, ranked, uh, highly ranked juniors. We've got guys who have already made their transition to the college game former college All-Americans, as well as some current ATP professionals all agreeing to participate in the event. And I know all of us, you know, we have begun to watch so many exhibition events begin to emerge across the globe. You know, of course, the Adria Tour with Novak Djokovic out in Serbia, and you've got all of these tennis exos, the UTR Pro Series, on and on and on. And so I know I speak for all of us here at Crack Rackets when we say we're excited to get back in on the action. We're excited to see tennis take off once again at a local level, you know, not just at the professional level. Of course, we all love to see our favorite top pros compete against one another, Uh, but for tennis, it's such a global sport, right? And so to see these, you know, to be able to host a local event like this, uh, it's something we're really excited about because it, it again, shows that it's now possible, safe and health, you know, to follow safety and health regulations and for all of us to get to enjoy competing out on the court once again. And so I know this is an event all of us at Crack Rackets are looking forward to. And again, as I mentioned, part of the reason we are so excited for this event is because of the field of players we are going to see participate in it. And one of the players I know we at Cracked Rackets are most excited to see play this weekend is former UNC All-American, a guy who won doubles back in the juniors at Kalamazoo, was the number one recruit, tennisrecruiting.net-wise, in my high school class of 2013. And a guy we've had on this Cracked Rackets podcast before, Ronnie Schneider, who, I'm going to say it, he's probably Indiana tennis royalty at this point. I mean, the guy was so good for so long and, of course, you know, played at Bloomington South, won a bunch of high school championships as well, really synonymous with Indiana tennis over the past decade. And, you know, we're really excited to see Ronnie play because it's been about two years since we've seen him play on the professional tour. And, you know, these past two years, he's served as the volunteer assistant coach for the Indiana men's tennis team, maybe the past year only while he's been, uh, while he got his graduate degree at Indiana. And so, you know, it was really fun to get to talk to Ronnie on today's podcast. And that, by the way, is the conversation all of you listeners are about to get to hear to, uh, or get to hear, to talk to Ronnie about what it's like to make that transition from playing tennis professionally, playing tennis just full-time your whole life, uh, to stepping away from the game in that ter- uh, respect, in terms of making that transition from college player uh, to college coach, and how having played so recently uh, helped him make that transition, helped him adjust to uh, the coaching role. Of course, we also talk again for him about what it's like at a larger picture uh, to step away from the game, losing the routine of practicing day in, day out, and knowing you know that you have to make hitting for two hours a day just a feature of every day of your life when you lose that sort of structure. How do you transition? And so, you know, of course, we talked to Ronnie about that. We also talked about Ron, uh, with Ronnie about, you know, for him, he called it, this is probably going to be his last money tournament. And as such, you know, he wanted to have a little bit of fun with it, make it that much more special of a moment, and that is why we are so excited here at Crack Rackets to announce the fact that Ronnie this weekend, playing not just for himself, of course he wants to get those results as well, but he will be playing this weekend for Frontline Foods, whose mission is to feed Indianapolis Frontline Hospital heroes, while also supporting local restaurants, and as someone who has just recently moved to Indianapolis and who has lived there throughout this coronavirus pandemic, you know, that is a cause that obviously resonates with with 
uh, me now more than ever. And of course, and you know, is, is it going to be a significant amount of prize money Ronnie's going to win this weekend? No, not. But any sort of gesture like this means the world to so many. And of course, you know, I know as part of his efforts this weekend, Ronnie hoping not just to donate his own prize money, but hoping you listeners might be intrigued as well. And so all of us here at Cracked Rackets this weekend going to be promoting as, you know, part of the proceeds for our tournament go to Frontline Food, goes to all of those workers and, you know, who are on the front line and doing, you know, really God's work to ensure all of us can get through this coronavirus pandemic safely and healthily. So, you know, it's a really great conversation with Ronnie, who, you know, is such a personable uh, human as is, is so candid always and so kind and, you know, thoughtful. And so it would be a good interview even if he wasn't playing our event this weekend, but that he is makes it that much more fun. And so uh, we are hoping you all really, uh, we're all really looking forward, I should say, to having you hear this interview. And again, it's going to be tournament-centric early in the week. We have another really fun interview with one of the players playing our event uh, for tomorrow's mini break that I know all of you listeners will enjoy when that time comes. Of course, the reason we're able to do these spectacular interviews, have these sorts of conversations day in, day out on our mini break podcast is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And look, I'm a Midwest guy. Ronnie's a Midwest guy. So I think I feel safe speaking for both of us when I say, you know, we know Midwest sports well, because for more than 20 years, the duration of our lifetimes, it served as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers. And the reason they're able to is because they offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. Uh, They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. And if you want to learn more about those products, I highly recommend you go check out the Great Shot Podcast episode I did just last week with Midwest Sports buyer and product manager Dave Limke, where we talk about the various new racket models being offered for all of you players, the type of player, the type of game that is best accentuated by each racket. We also talk again about the importance of updating your equipment because I don't think people realize, look, this weekend I made my return uh, from retirement. I came out, I played uh, two days of tennis, so I think I played four hours total this weekend, and I'm broken. My hands hurt, my feet hurt, my ankles hurt, my hips hurt, my forearms hurt, everything hurts. And I do think part of the reason everything hurts is because, look, my shoes are old and I had to make an update. And so I've got some blister, you know, my new feet, uh, new shoe blisters on my feet. And, you know, the rackets I'm using haven't been gripped since Vietnam. And so I've got blisters all over my hands. And I just wish I had turned to the well-trained staff at Midwest Sports sooner because they would have told me, Alex, you need to update your equipment with regularity to ensure that you get the best out of your game. And they also would have pointed me in the direction of the right sort of racket, the right sort of tennis shoe and the right sort of tennis clothing that would have been sure to put my uh, game ahead of the competition. And you can do get that for yourself right now by going to MidwestSports.com and you'll already see their selection of equipment consistently first to market and they pride themselves on stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. So you're going to be enticed. You're going to be intrigued. You're going to want to order yourself up some stuff and when you do, all we ask is that you use our promo code CR15 to let our friends at Midwest Sports know that we sent you there by using that promo code. Not only will you get 15% off your order, you'll get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75, as well as that brand new can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls to ensure that you have everything you need for when you make your return to the court. So go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. We are so thankful for their continued support of our podcast. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well and let them know that we sent you there. So MidwestSports.com, the promo code is CR15. All right. With that being said, Really excited for all of you listeners to hear our interview we did with one of our players for this weekend's Cracked Rackets Open. So without further ado, here's the conversation I had with the one and only Ronnie Schneider. (laughs) 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the podcast today is a former All-American for the UNC men's tennis team, the current volunteer assistant coach for Indiana, and of course a guy we have had on our Crack Rackets podcast before. Ronnie Schneider, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Excited to be on. Oh, it is our pleasure, and I know we are excited at Crack Rackets to learn that you are playing in the inaugural Crack Rackets Open this weekend. Uh, let's start there. What led to the decision for you to play this event? Uh, you know what? I saw it. I'm, I'm hanging out. Uh, I start work on June 15th, and uh, so when the dates came out, it was June 12th through 14th. I was like, you know what? This is kind of perfect. Uh, what a, I think it's a sign from above. Uh, that I should play. Uh, I talked with Dalton uh, a little bit. We talked on the phone, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's do it. And so, uh, since last uh, last Monday or so, uh, I've been mentally preparing. Notice that work uh, the keyword there, mentally preparing. <laughs> Didn't no, mention I... physically preparing, <laughs> mentally preparing. No, I feel you there completely. Uh, a couple of follow-ups to that. One, I hope you goose Dalton for every dollar of, a, of an appearance fee. You're just like, look, I, I'm Alex Zverev now. I don't show up for less than 10000 in Indy. See, we'll, we'll keep that uh, behind closed doors, the negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for now no i uh it's funny because you know it's the cracked rackets open so there should probably be some cracked rackets team representation and dalton was like yeah like i was fielding offers from some people to play doubles that's how desperate they are they were like hey uh i'm not gonna say it, but a certain guy who plays on x college team was wondering if you wanted to play and i was like you understand i'm terrible i was like this is just like this is not a good decision for any of us so, you know ronnie's gonna hit a forehand off of a hanging curveball and i'm gonna kill my partner partner um but yeah no it's certainly an exciting event and you sort of mentioned it there you go to work uh starting next month does this mean Mm -hmm. that you're officially stepping away from the game uh yes so i've uh officially stepped away from playing now for a little bit over a year but uh Mm -hmm. i was staying in touch like you mentioned with in the intro as the volunteer slash grad assistant for iu i was getting my master's last or this past year uh, and now that I've graduated that, I'm stepping into the, the real, real world, uh, June 15th. Um, yeah, working up in Indy. Uh, but then uh, I'll always stay in touch with tennis in a way. It was such a big part of my life for so long. There's no way I can totally be gone from it. Uh, but yeah, as far as being in any direct daily contact with it, I think uh, this last this coming weekend is sort of my last hurrah with that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious again, I'm sure it's, you know, an interesting topic for you, but how, knowing that it's your last tournament for a little bit, what is that feeling going into it? I'm sure you have spent, you know, every week since you were 12 years old, you know, preparing for some sort of event and to know that, you know, this is the final event. Is it weird? Uh, it's a little weird. Yes. But the fact that it came on so quickly and I, I didn't really have too much time to think about it, um, you know, I think that that probably helped. I, I played a tournament, a money tournament last summer, um, and that's uh, the Pearson Ford actually was uh, no longer in existence in Indianapolis. Uh, so that was fun, and I actually thought that was going to be sort of my last tournament. Uh, but then, you know, with everything that came on, you can't plan for these things, uh, you know, with every, the situation that, you know, we're all in. And so um, – it just kind of it worked out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a little weird for sure. But, you know, I, I'm thrilled that it's uh, in Indianapolis. I've got some friends up there that uh, when I told them I'm playing, that they're excited to come out and watch. And so bring back some old times a little bit. I think minus the minus the the great level, <laughs> little <laughs> little less quality. Um, but, you know, hopefully I can still bring the same energy and I'll definitely bring be bringing the competitive uh, drive and spirit that's for sure 
Yeah, no, I was going to say, you, you've always been a primetime performer, I feel like. So this is just going to be one of those times you got to step up in the moment. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, again, as, as long as the crowd's not chirping me too badly, I'm looking forward to that. Um, you talk about being a volunteer assistant at Indiana. What was mm-hmm. that experience like for you? I know you've done it the past two years. As you mentioned, you were finishing up your master's degree. But uh, was it fun to get to go you know, pretty quickly from the playing col- of college tennis to being one of the coaches? It was. Uh, it was really a great experience, which was made all the better uh, by the coaches at IU, Jeremy Morseman and Mike Murray. They were just so wonderful and so inviting. And uh, I kind of had a lot of freedom to do, you know, uh, whatever. I, I was there as much as I possibly could and ended up being most days. But uh, they were not protective at all over their territory. I feel like some coaches, you know, somebody comes in. You know, they have their way of thinking about things and it's going to be, you know, my way or the highway situation. But, you know, Jeremy and Mike are so great in that they, you know, we all collab, we all three collaborated on uh, ideas and they were open to me, you know, having no experience in coaching, uh, open to my ideas and thoughts. And then I think they knew it was, you know, good sometimes to get a, a fresh voice in there. Uh, and I think it really helped that, you know, before I started, I was friends and friendly with a lot of the guys on the team just from being back in Bloomington and training there uh, some while I was playing and getting to know them prior. So all in all, it was just an awesome experience. And uh, it was very interesting, though, to see the other side of of college tennis as a as more of a coach of a coach. You know, a lot of things that you don't even realize kind of crazy that, um, you know, their practices and the time spent on court is probably about, I don't know, I would guess a quarter to 20 percent or a quarter of their entire day. Uh, you know, they have so much administrative stuff and recruiting and, you know, all the little things in between. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy how little of actually like on court tennis it is. Um, and that's not something that I was expecting and was pretty surprised when I got there and was learning. Mm-hmm. Are there things you appreciate more about, you know, Sam and Trip that maybe you didn't before? Oh, yes, uh, for <laughs> sure. Kind of how they they ran it was, I, I think, ideal. Um, you know, they were. You know, Trip especially was on court um, all day with, you know, with individuals in the morning and team practice in the afternoon. Uh, and Coach Paul was definitely there. It uh, was there a good bit. But, you know, he had handled a lot of the, you know, coordinating with the athletic department, um, you know, fundraising, all of that. And so the way they, you know, juggled all the balls that they did with the time allotted was, uh, looking back on it, I think even more impressive now. And I don't think I really had a – um, true understanding of what it all took until I was able to get on this side. And now I respect the, the hell out of them for, for all that they did even more. Were your practices at Indiana more individual-based or team-based than at UNC? Uh, you know what? I think it was about the same. Um, mm-hmm. At UNC, we did, you know, you could schedule, you could do an individual. I did an individual almost every morning. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like 45 minutes or so with me or Tripp and Coach Paul with maybe one other guy there. Um, and then we'd have team practice in the afternoon. And the, the, the thing is, is that you'd say you can get all your individual stuff in the morning and you put your individual, um, stuff aside and then you do whatever, you know, is asked of you in the afternoon, uh, for, for the team, whether it's, you know, drills or playing and whatnot. Um, and so that, that was, you know, I think a really good mixture because I got what I wanted in the morning individually. And then I was able to put it into practice in the afternoon, but like kind of put all my individual stuff aside. Um, and then Indiana is similar. I think we're a little less uh, individuals. And then uh, this year, especially, we really emphasized, you know, the the team base of, of everything in the afternoon. Uh, and I really think it was awesome. And uh, I think it, it, you know, having that team practice in the afternoon builds a lot of team, co- better team camaraderie, um, better, um, you know, just a more dynamic uh, unit uh, for sure than maybe you know, having just practices being all individual based throughout the day and there's no team connection, really. No, absolutely. And I mean, you look at the results your team was having this season, you guys were eight and three when the year stopped. And again, Mm -hmm. you know, I want you to wear both your coach and your player hat in this moment. Uh, What was that process like for you guys as coaches to have to communicate to your players? Hey, like it's beyond our control, but this season's going to be canceled. And then for you as someone who, you know, Mm -hmm. your senior year, you guys made the NCAA final. And that's obviously a special uh, experience Uh, to look back. If you thought, you know, 
your senior year was taken away by something like a global pandemic. Would you have expected the NCA to grant an extra year, and would that have been something that maybe you take advantage of? I know it's a hypothetical, but curious your thoughts. You're good. I'll uh, I'll tackle each prong separately. <laughs> um, I'll start with this year. Uh, yeah, that was really tough. It was definitely the best start that Indiana men's tennis has had, and. Uh, I think uh, definitely well over a decade. And so uh, we were looking great. I just beat uh, Dartmouth, I think, who was like top 25, 30 um, for the highest ranked win in a long time. So things were looking really nice. Uh, that's for sure. And this sort of came down the pipe. We weren't really sure. Um, but then credit to Jeremy and Mike for handling it. Amazing. Uh, I'm not sure what I would have done as the coach, but you know, they brought everybody into the locker room kind of talked talked it out uh, obviously very emotional especially for the seniors um again not knowing at the time whether they would even have the opportunity to get it back and then some you know knowing that this is it no matter what you know one's going to law school a couple have jobs already lined up and so you know that's just really it um you know that was emotional that was tough but again Jeremy Mike handled it uh, amazing uh couldn't have possibly handled it any better then we uh took him out to dinner afterwards had a great time and so you know, try to try to do the best we could with it. Um, so I was very proud to be a part of that. Um, and then going back to, yeah, my playing days, I don't know what, I mean, shoot. That would have been brutal. Because knowing how good of a team we had a senior, obviously we made the finals. Um, I don't know. I would have probably done anything to try to get another year for sure. Um, don't know how it would have worked out considering I was like graduating and everything. I would have had to do a master's of some sort. But I think I would have... Uh, try to find a way to make it work but I just feel so bad for all the you know the players out there for this year I just honestly can't imagine I think anybody that's already gone through college and graduated and is you know looking into it now you know can't even fathom what those guys are feeling um but yeah I mean knowing myself I would have definitely tried to do anything possible um but I know I would have been a train wreck for you know quite a while after I don't know if I could have recovered even by this point no, I, I completely understand there. And this is not to make fun of what is going on, but this is to make fun, I suppose, of my little brother. Uh, you know, his high school <laughs> class is always going to be known as the Corona class. You're the group that lost your second half of your senior year of high school. You lost maybe your first half of your freshman year of college. And oh, my God. That that, that's devastating just to say out loud. You're like two time periods of your life, a 12-month stretch that might be as enjoyable as any oh, year you're yeah. going to have. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like brutal. Brutal. I have, uh, you know, good family friends here at the high school I went to, Bloomington South. They have an unbelievable, uh, you know, basketball team, for example. They're undefeated um, and all their, like, I think they needed to win, like, three or four more games to be state champions if they did. And now that it's gone, never had a chance. But they're completely undefeated, never lost. Uh, I know they were devastated as well. Uh, so that's something that's very local. But, yeah, same thing for you're talking about high school. Yeah, high school and college, it's all the same. I mean, man, those – you know, seniors and whether it's high school or college, um, high school definitely will never have a chance to do that again. So that's brutal. Yeah, no, and I mean, you're UNC Tar Heels. That was a team, you know, this year's team was oh, something yeah. special. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for, for Will, you know, he'll have to figure out whether he wants to come back or not. And just for that team to not get to finish their season or, you know, for the UNC women, they're fortunate that, you know, Sarah and Alexa and McKenna can all come back for another year. But, you know, that team might have put together the best season in college history. And it's like, now we never know. Now you never know, and it's one of those things. I don't. I really don't. I haven't looked back in the record books, but uh, this was as good of chance as any in history for the guys and girls uh, from the same university to to win it. I can't think of a, a more a better year. I'm sure I'm missing one, but UNC women were so dominant, and then the men were what number two. So I mean, that's I mean, that's that's really tough. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's one of many things, of course, one of the, uh, I suppose, after effects of something like this. And for you, you know, since since we're on UNC, uh, being Mm -hmm. from Indiana and now being the volunteer coach, are you, you know, hey, how cool is that for you to get to coach, uh, you know, in a city at a school that you grew up around? But B, I imagine still deep down, you're, you know, you're bleeding Carolina blue. Uh, Yeah, it was, I'll go with the first part here. It was, uh. (laughs) It was awesome. I mean, the Bloomington community and the university has always been super close to my heart. I mean, I was born in Bloomington Hospital, lived here my whole life, grew up going to every single IU football and basketball game and many a tennis matches for sure. Uh, so, you know, Indiana was my first love as a school. 
and so that was great. I felt like I was able to, you know, get, find a way to sort of give back. Uh, and so that, that was awesome. And, and see, you know, try to get any, you know, bring the level of Indiana uh, tennis uh, to try to help take it to new heights, uh, which I have no doubt it will soon in the future. Um, so that was really cool um, being, being a Hoosier. I always got a lot of stick uh, at, at UNC uh, from about my IU background. Uh, how much I would outwardly love love Indiana, but yeah, I mean, once you're there at UNC, and you know, I had the probably, in my opinion, as great of a college experience as I could possibly have. Um, that will always, you know, yeah, as you said, I probably will always bleed Carolina blue uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, good color to bleed for sure, but uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, but it's good that it gets good to have too. And then now being back in Indiana and now having a job, you know, close by, I'm. You know, I'm a uh, unbelievably huge Hoosier fan. Uh, so, so yeah, it's good to have a little bit of a mix. I can kind of hedge my bets a lot when it comes to some sports. Yeah, no, no problem with that. Um, you, you know, for you, uh, as you mentioned, you were the volunteer assistant as you were trying to get a graduate degree. Uh, mm-hmm. When did that, you know, plan come into formation? I know, obviously, right after school, you went and played professionally. You reached top 500 in both the singles and doubles rankings. When did it be, you know, from the, the plan come, I become, I suppose, from pursuing pros to going back to grad school, getting another degree? Mm-hmm. So it kind of happened in a couple uh, different steps. I knew I wanted to stop uh, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. Uh, so then I was coming home and I was already helping out with the, with the team for the spring season last year, kind of figure out trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, uh, whether it be job or school. Uh, and as I was going through, I, I came to the conclusion that, you know what? Uh, having been away from everything for a couple of years, I think it'd be great to go and get this master's. And uh, I got, you know, I have uh, some connections, uh, family, family and friends from local connections uh, with the Kelly School of Business here at, at IU, which is a, a, this is a great business school. And they had this one year master's in finance program. I'm like, you know what? This is perfect. This is what I want to get into long term. What better way to pivot out of tennis and into you know finance, which is the area I, I want to be in and am, and am going into, uh, you know, use this whole next year to you know recruit and then hopefully have something lined up afterwards. But then also uh, added bonus is I can stay as the volunteer slash grad assistant for the IU team, get to stay close to home. You know, it really checked all the boxes and uh, you know it turned out about as great as it, as it could have. Uh, you know, I was able to, you know, recruit and get, you know, what I, you know, a job in the area that I was shooting for, able to help out the team, obviously would have loved to finish with everything, but, you know, all things considered, it, it went about as good as it possibly could have. Mm-hmm. And you served as Indiana volunteer assistant, as you mentioned, while getting that degree. But I'm curious, mm-hmm. as someone who I'm sure since the age of around nine or 10 had some sort of training plan related to tennis each and every day, and even if it was mm-hmm. a day off, I'm sure you were thinking about the training. Was there a void left, you know, leaving behind the pro tour? Did you feel, you know, that that structure you get of knowing I have to train, I have to stay in shape? Did you miss that at all? You know, was it difficult to transition? away from or did being the volunteer assistant you know did that help you yes so staying busy definitely helped Uh, I didn't really have time to time to think too much Um, but you know what as I reflected back about five or six months after there wasn't a day that I was like man I really want to be out there I really want to be out there um, you know playing Uh, it was one of those things that gave me that that gave me more uh, peace and comfort about it, knowing that I had zero itch to get back out there in a competitive way. I was very happy where I was, helping out with the team. Uh, I would say getting a lead maybe a little bit more of, of a normal life without you know, stressing about lining up hits, practices, workouts, uh, et cetera. And so that, that, that was good. And I, I've kept that feeling all the way through. Again, there's never been a time that I've, I've felt that itch to go back. Um, actually, ironically, last night was I was texting people to line up some uh, hits for this week. Uh, I was like, man, do I not miss this? And so, yeah, after we get off the phone, uh, I'm getting out there and uh, hitting with a, with a buddy. And so, uh, you know, getting ready for this weekend, the physically part of getting ready for this weekend. Uh, so, 
yeah, I don't miss that at all. And mm-hmm. uh, it's nice kind of going about my schedule un- unrelated to tennis. But yeah, at first it was a little it was a little tough and I needed to stay as busy as possible for sure. Mm-hmm. Will the Prince Graphites be making an appearance this weekend? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. The, the, uh, <laughs> I went down to my uh, the crawl space that we have in our house, which is where I kept the old rackets, because I was looking for some babblots from college. Because <laughs> I was missing some, and some had been like just randomly cracking, uh, not through anchor, just hitting the ball. I don't know if they're old or whatnot. And I go down and find the bin, and there's at least like 25 graphites down in there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, I guess that's what you get when I use it from like age 11 to age 17. Um, and so thank you, Prince. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that uh, I think I would be even more uh, – the, the probability of me losing early would go up even more. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, you know, as someone who also uses the graphite, just bring them. You know, why not? I'll bring. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring up. I'll bring a couple up. We can yeah, try it out. Yeah, when you're up six oh five oh, you just mess around with them. Um, but you know, for you uh, to to play this weekend and to you know be back out on the court again, is it? Uh, and just in general, when you're playing tennis at this point, is it something you can you know step away from and just enjoy being out on the court, enjoy just the actual playing of the sport without the stresses of pro ranking and you know I'm chasing points or I'm chasing a win for my college team. Is it you know have you found the joy maybe? in tennis in a way you haven't in a while yes and that was you explained that perfectly in about every way uh <laughs> yes um being able to just step on the court and just the idea of hitting balls down the middle of the court with with no plan or no ambition of any sorts is great uh i i love it a lot of times um with especially with the buddy that i'm about to hit with right now i'll just say all right i'm gonna hit every ball to you back in the middle i'm gonna stand 10 feet behind the baseline just run me for exercise, I get it's so much better than going for a run or anything like that. I hate, I hate that, and so I'll just be like, "All right, you just run me around, and I'll hit the ball back to the the middle or to a side that you're on, uh, and I get to you know hit balls and then get my sort of conditioning exercise." Uh, so yeah, there there is a joy in it for sure. Uh, yeah, I think just the hitting the ball, you know, every part of it. Um, you know, I enjoy you know doubles a lot more now. Um, you know, being up at the net is something that I you know you know when I'd practice I didn't do a whole ton of because I really wanted to hone in on the ground stroke side of things. And now I just go plant plant myself up at the net and say hit to me so I don't and so I don't have to move once I get tired. So it's you know t- tennis is really fun now, and uh, you know I hope that everybody can eventually you know get to that point where you know the result is not. Uh, you know, indicative of your mood about tennis for the day. So uh, I'm at that point now. Granted, who knows how it's going to be when I step on the court Friday? Uh, I I doubt I'll get too too upset, but it might get it might get a little frustrating uh, at times. But I'll always be able to. I think I've at the point now in my maturity where I can keep everything uh, uh, in perspective, and that you know, playing for fun and you know, playing for a good cause as well. Yeah, and I do want to talk about that cause to round out our conversation, but I just want to throw in two more quick uh, questions for you. When yep. you go and hit at Bloomington South, it do you know do the gates open up and it's like this is Ronnie Schneider Stadium court, like he gets court <laughs> one, everyone else has to move. The courts at Bloomington South are actually locked up, uh, <laughs> so I I I, uh, I slum it at the public parks uh, when I play. I'm sitting outside a park right now. There's two courts, and I got my eyes on. We got four ladies on one court, and I'm keeping my eye on the second court. If I see somebody pull in this parking lot, I might be running out there to try to beat them to that court so we don't lose it. So, yeah, that's the state of me. I don't think uh, no matter how many state championships or All-Americans you have, you can't, uh, you can't guarantee yourself a court in your hometown. Yeah, no, I think there should be an unwritten rule. Like, if you are the best player at the court, you get the court. Like, a perennial up and down the river system where it's like, <laughs> hey, the, you know, the worse you are, you got to descend further. Like, well, you're well, what am I going to say to these four poor ladies? Like, all right, ladies, you can all stand on one side and we'll play a tiebreaker. Anybody that can get it back, you can, you can, if you get, if you win one point, then you can keep the court. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, be like, look, I, I haven't been surfing much. You'll have a look at the kick. It's not going to bounce that high, but, like, yeah, you got to beat me in a point. Yeah, there um, you go. That, honestly, I can't even see. That might be my mom down there for all things. <laughs> I'm not going to kick her off. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be great. Um, No, and, you know, that gets to a point, and this is one of my super theories. I'm just going to say that mm-hmm. in advance. But, I, you know, when I'm talking about tennis, which is far too frequent now, I've asked my buddies, like, you know, the hypothetical, when was the last time it's December in Switzerland and it's the off season, and, you know, Stan and Roger, let's just say, live 20 minutes apart? Do you think there's ever, like, that Saturday where Roger, not for training purposes, but just because he wants that itch where he's like, hey, Stan, like, you want to go hit today for an hour just because, like, we haven't hit in a while. Like, I could use, it would be fun to be out on the court. Like, let's just go hit for an hour. Uh, just that that recreational attitude uh, to going and hitting. Uh, you sort of talked about this earlier, but, that you know, is it weird, again, to, to get to do that now, to get to be like, hey, when you're texting someone to hit, it's just like, you know, this is just for fun. It's hey, or, you know, maybe it's oh, for yeah. date purposes, and you're like, I'm just there texting this girl to hit to show yeah. off. Well, yeah, you nailed both uh, on the head. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's more fun recreational purposes uh, for sure. And usually, uh, there's a there's a nice cooler in my car waiting uh, with a six pack to share uh, <laughs> afterwards. Uh, so that's kind of how tennis goes for me nowadays. Uh, if it doesn't end up on the upland patio uh, sharing a, a pitcher then uh then it's not really a successful day of tennis uh so yeah it's all about keeping in perspective and tennis is a lot of fun for me now uh whenever i go play uh but yeah you know there's no way i'm gonna go out there and keep it lighthearted. but i agree with you there i mean there's got to be times when those you know top 10 top 20 players that they live in crouch parks and be like hey let's just go hit some balls for fun and they say the same thing let's go like you know let's let's go get some drinks afterwards or something keep keep it light I know for a fact there's a text in Novak Djokovic's WhatsApp where he's like, Janko, let's go hit, leave the sunglasses at home. And he's like, oh, okay, man, like, that's a good idea. Like, I'll, I'll leave them. Um, because that's what they do. Like, exactly. We are all tennis players at heart. And so, yeah, it makes sense that at, 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 to a certain level, they just want to get back out on the court and have some and, and go play some tennis. And, you know, as you mentioned there, nowadays it ends at a six pack, I suppose. And I'm sure for you in general, just being on the court, it's it's loose. It's hang back. It's fun. Uh, practicing with, you know, your Indiana team, uh, did mm-hmm. that get competitive for you? Did you notice the juices coming back out and some of the instincts you've built up over the years uh, manifesting themselves? Uh, yes, it, it did because I uh, made like a, in theory, bet, not actual bet, that, all right, guys, if we play any set this year, uh, you like I'm not going to lose a set this year to you guys. Just try <laughs> to keep it competitive for me. One guy got me in the spring. Uh, Zach, the guy that was played number two for us. Uh, but besides that, I kept a clean sheet. Uh, but yeah, I was no, no lie. I was pretty pissed after he beat me. I'm going to blame it was indoors, new balls. And he was just firing away on some serves. I couldn't break them, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, that was the most frustrated and competitive that I got. Uh, but it, you know, it's fun, you know, get the juices flowing for both sides. You know, we try and practice, we tried, I guess, past tense, we tried and practice to, uh, you know, get the guys to, you know, it's impossible to feel like it's a match when it's not, but mm-hmm. to try to do any way possible to get the competitive juices flowing. And that was one way for me to do it with them. Uh, as if, Hey, if you're playing me, you know, I have this goal in mind that I'm not going to lose a, lose a set to anybody here. And so I'd usually get people's best efforts. Uh, <laughs> so that was my way of contributing as well. Go goes both ways, I guess. No, that's just really good coaching. And I guess, you know, my <laughs> last question for you uh, before I ask, you know, what you're doing for this weekend is, um, you know, you're stepping away from the game, as you mentioned, you're joining the real world and it, it'll be a non-tennis profession, I'm sure, maybe for the first time uh, since you did an internship in college. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for you to step away from the game at this point to, you know, go join the real working force, is that something you anticipate that's that's the future? You are now stepping away from the game full time or is is there a world where, you know, that IU job opens up and they're like, Ronnie, we loved your time as a volunteer assistant. Come coach for us full time. You know, is that something you could potentially be interested in down the road? You know what? I, I never want to close any doors and never say never. Um, but with as as I see it now, uh, this path that I'm going on currently is is where I want to be. And so but there's plenty of instances that have shown otherwise I a, a good friend of mine and a person 
you know, that I've stayed in touch with a little bit, Paul Goldstein, the coach at, at uh, Stanford, uh, he had a situation, you know, he was working, I, I want to say, I don't know if it was insurance, I forget what it was, but he did that for almost, you know, eight to 10 years post, post-retirement. And then he got the itch and the Stanford job came open and, you know, good timing. And he, I think he loves it now. Uh, and it fuels his competitive spirit because he's a very competitive guy. And so I, you know, never say never, but I, I'm very, very happy with where I'm going. Uh, and I just don't anticipate myself kind of going back into college coaching. There's a couple of kids uh, local in Indy that I've been uh, coaching on the side. And uh, that is where more I could see, see myself on nights and weekends, you know, kind of staying in tennis that way. Um, and then there's a couple, there's a one, you know, 10 year old in particular that uh, I've taken more of a keen interest in him and my family, uh, him and uh, me and his family have gotten very close. Uh, and so, you know, I'd like to see that through, especially since I'm going to be up in the Indianapolis area. Uh, so that's kind of how I think I'll stay within tennis. I'll always be around and always be a part. Um, but I don't think it's from the college, you know, college coaching perspective. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. And I know we at Cracked Rackets are fortunate because we'll get to see you, as you mentioned, on the court this weekend for our Cracked Rackets Open. And, you know, part of the coolest part is, you know, getting you in the field is not just to see you play once again, but I know you are playing for a pretty cool cause. You want to tell our listeners what that's about? Yes, of course. Uh, something, yeah, very, very excited. Um, texting back and forth with Dalton last week or this weekend. I, I had the idea hit me. I don't know when. I think I was on the treadmill at Orange Theory, um, <laughs> trying to get do anything to get my mind off of the pain I was going through. Um, but yeah, so any prize money uh, that I make uh, at, at this Crack Rackets Open will be. Uh, I will donate directly to Frontline Foods. Uh, it's a organization in Indianapolis that serves to feed uh, the frontline healthcare heroes from this uh, whole COVID-19 pandemic situation. Uh, And it's kind of a double, uh, a double help because the money, uh, the, the, the money is going to help these local restaurants who will in turn feed these um, frontline workers for free. So it's a double help in the sense of it helps hopefully stimulate uh, a little bit with the local local businesses, local economy with the restaurants who are, you know, currently obviously suffering a lot uh, with everything going on. Uh, and then, you know, feeding the, the frontline heroes who are doing so much uh, for our, or, you know, for us in uh, our community. So it's a cause, you know, very near and dear to my heart um, as a, you know, family of a small local business, uh, you know, with our family and myself. Uh, supporting that way, and then also, you know, then feeding the, the frontline workers. And then we also set up a page in partnership with with y'all at Cracked Rackets, uh, a donation page, which um, you can find it, I think, on the Cracked Rackets Instagram, uh, as well as my Instagram bio. Um, it's a link to a PayPal where 100% of this, the donations uh, will go towards the frontline foods cause. Uh, we're still trying to come up with, I think, a, a number to shoot for, but hopefully you can get... Uh, my goal personally is over 1k um, donated, and so I don't know where that stands. If that's conservative or too far fetched, but you know anything helps. Uh, and if I was able to, you know, help uh, donate a thousand dollars to a charity, that's more than I could give on my own. So I'm I'm pumped for anything. And you know, anybody listening to this, please please help if you're you're able. Uh, it's going to a great cause, and I'll be advocating for it uh you know all in the build up to the tournament and then all weekend as well no we so appreciate that here crack rackets dalton kept sending me a paypal link all weekend long i was like dude what are you doing like Venmo <laughs> me like i'm happy to pay you like if that and then he goes no 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 that's the charity link i was like oh like why didn't you just say that? And so, um, yes, I completely agree with you. And again, for anyone in the Indianapolis area, the tournament this weekend will be at the Tarkington Park Courts, which I have never played at. Have you played there? Nope, uh, not at all. I uh, didn't know anything about it. I looked on the map and saw it was near Butler. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, so in kind of my head, I have an idea. Uh, but yeah. I think when I go up there and on Friday and see it for the, <laughs> it'll be the first time I see it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I, I'm sure it's it, it's going to be you know it, it'll be great. Dalton was saying that the you know it's a good good setup up there. 
Yeah, no, it should be so much fun. And again, we all look forward to seeing you play there. I know we have hit 10 10. I'm going to ask just last rapid fire question because I can't let you go. You have now been, yeah, you have been a coach now of a college tennis team. So you understand the difficulties that comes with a lineup decision. Let's say Braden, let's say Braden comes back from your senior year. You, Braden, will. Yeah, what's the order there? Wait, me, Braden, will, is that you said? Yeah, you're all playing together. Oh my gosh. If we're going by like, uh, actually how it should be I would be three I'll start with myself I'll be at three by far um, <laughs> I mean Will is probably arguably the best player in the country my uh, my senior year and he was playing number two on our team so if that tells you anything yeah, so ridiculous. Um, I, I think we'll let Braden and Will how about they just battle it out one practice set winner winner stays um, yeah. I don't think that's that's quite the that's quite the duo right there. I don't think you can go wrong either way. Maybe arguably the what will eight time All American what it is, yeah, and Braden Braden top you know whatever he is right now had been top hundred for a while. That's you really can't go wrong there. No, that is a nice team, and the idea of you just picking people off at three would have just been laughable. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I would. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would have been all in on that, and of course, I am all in on you know getting to see you play this weekend, helping to raise money as well, because I agree with you again. It's such an excellent cause. So, if any of you out there can uh, you know afford to give a little bit, it would be so much appreciated on our ends as well. And again, Ronnie, we so appreciate you taking the time not only to play this weekend to do it for a just cause, but for also you. Know, taking the time to chat with us this of morning of course so, you know, yeah i've got a, i've got some a couple of days of tra- physical training ahead of me so uh i'll be uh, i'll be as ready as i uh, can be so we'll see how it goes it should be it'll be fun no matter what and uh hopefully i can uh for anybody that comes out i can put on a, a good show yeah well we look forward to seeing you compete ronnie stay safe stay healthy good luck this weekend we will see you at tarkington park all right thanks man have a good one Yeah, you too. Take care. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with former UNC All-American Ronnie Schneider. And a reminder, if any of you are also interested, please go check out our tournament website where you can find the link to also donate to Frontline Foods, who again's mission is to feed Indianapolis Frontline Hospital heroes while also supporting local restaurants throughout uh, this coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, we set up a donation page where 100% of your donations will go directly to help supporting this awesome cause so shout out to ronnie for bringing frontline foods to our attention and you know for uh getting this effort spearheaded as well with our ceo dalton i know we are all looking forward to not only seeing uh some exceptional tennis this weekend at the cracked rackets open but of course also uh helping to give to such an exceptional cause so you know again thank you to ronnie we look forward to seeing him play this weekend and for all of you listeners out there it's not too late you have until tomorrow at midnight to go register for this Crack Rackets inaugural open. It is a men's open once once again. So, you know, $1,000 purse, $500 to the winners. I believe it's $200 to the finalist in singles as well. Uh, you've got a shot, you know, go come c- compete. Come earn yourself some prize money. You should know. I believe members of our Crack Rackets team will be competing in this event. And it's not going to be pretty, um, but, you know, maybe you've always festered a desire or you fostered, you know, some sort of belief that you could whoop on us, that you could beat my in tennis. Uh, now you have your opportunity. Certainly, you know, if someone's willing to donate to Frontline Foods, you want to say, you know, $100 you're willing to donate if you just get that opportunity to play me directly. Even if it's only an exhibition match, um, I'm there, folks. So, you know, slide into those DMs. Just let us know because we are really excited to put this Crack Rackets inaugural open on. Uh, and we are so excited to see the level of play because we all miss competing day in, day out on uh, the tennis courts. We all, of course, miss uh, seeing professional 
professional tennis players, top-ranked juniors or college players from throughout the country, throughout the globe, really competing. And so we are so happy to offer an opportunity to some of these players this weekend uh, to get the chance to return to the court to do just that. So again, uh, we're going to be talking about this Cracked Rackets Open all week long here on the podcast. Have a really fun guest on tomorrow's show. I'll go ahead and say it. If you're listening to this far in the podcast, you deserve to know tomorrow's guest, uh, Rajiv Ram. He's going to be coming on the show to, of course, talk about his career and all the incredible things he's accomplished on a tennis court. But we also want to talk about his charitable efforts as well and talk about, you know, is he excited because he will also be playing in this weekend's Cracked Rackets Open. And so, folks, you know, there are rumors floating around that there might be a Rajiv Ram-Alex Gruskin pairing. Uh, I'm not saying that's a sure thing. But I am saying it's a possibility, and you know, the more support we hear from you listeners that you want to see that, the more likely it is to, to happen. I'll just leave that there uh, because it's still not a guarantee, but with the right amount of support, I believe we can make it happen. And poor Rajiv Ram, who's going to be at the net, and I'm going to hang a curveball as Max Rothman can test of a kick serve, second serve, and you know, Ronnie's just going to hit a forehand through him, and there goes Rajiv's 2021 season, and it's entirely my fault, uh, but it might be worth it. So again, you know, uh, for any of you interested in that Cracked Rackets Open, you want to sign up, play, or just be involved with it, go check out. You can find the link on our website. You, of course, can also find it by going to search the tennislink.usta.com, looking up the USTA Central Indiana Men's Opens. Uh, that is will, where you will find this event as well. And so we, of course, again, are really excited to bring that to all of you this weekend. And we're excited for another week, of course, here at Cracked Rackets, where we rock and roll. And, you know, even if there's no ATP, even if there's no WTA, even if there's no ITF throughout the remainder of the 2020 season, you can rest assured that the content will keep rocking and rolling here at Cracked Rackets. And, you know, we're, we're four podcasts wide at this point. This podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, the Great Shot podcast, the Inside Out podcast. You don't want to miss any of them because we're having incredible guests on each and every one of our shows, you know, Cracked Interviews wise. We were fortunate last week to be joined by Jada Hart to be joined um who is one of the few doubles and singles All-Americans in the Division One women's game during 2020. We were also joined by defending gold medalist Monica Pui, uh, who, of course, you know her accomplishments speak for herself. Such a wonderful personality as well. And you can find that interview in video form, actually, on our YouTube channel, where you can find so much great content, you know, not just the video interviews, but also Overserved and Hitting One and, you know, CR Classics. So much more. Super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, as always, continuing the f*** of a job they do day in, day out across our various Crack Rackets platforms. Uh, So a big shout out to them as always. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports. Be sure to go to Midwest Sports. Use that promo code CR15. It is your one-stop shop for all of your tennis equipment needs. Also, shout out to our friends at Aerobar. If you'd enjoyed our Getting to the Point episodes here on the mini break on Thursday, we've had Jay Berger, a former ATP top 10 player and of course current coach for Riley Opelka, as well as Michael Russell, former top 100 ATP player, current coach, I believe, for Mackie McDonald and Tennis Sandgren uh, on our first two episodes. And folks, the guests are only going to get better and better. So if you like getting to the point, all I ask is you go support our friends at Aerobar as well. Go to aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACKED15. Uh, get 15% off all of your tennis energy bar needs. And again, Aero's the only tennis-specific energy bar out there. As all of us begin to make our return to the court, uh, we want to make sure here at Cracked Rackets that you have the proper sort of nutrition and fuel you need to do so. Uh, return to the court in your best possible form. So go to aerobar.com. Again, use that promo code CRACKED15. And, you know, we look, we are so excited for these events here at Cracked Rackets. Uh, hopefully, again, all of you will be sure to take an interest in that Cracked Rackets Open. But, you know, rest assured, regardless, we will have information coming from throughout the rest of the tennis world throughout this week as well across our various platforms. So one last time, if you've missed anything, be sure to go to our website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review, all of the content, all of the podcasts as well. You can listen wherever you listen to your podcast. But with that being said, for our wonderful guest today, Ronnie Schneider, who we thank again for taking the time to speak with us, and we look forward to seeing compete this weekend. For our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at both Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.